The following is a production by Cutting to the Chase Podcast. Hey, on the second part of my interview with Ryan Real, he talks about being a contestant on Jeopardy, and he had some really funny stories to share his interactions with Alex Trebek. So stay tuned for this one. I knew that you were on Jeopardy. Um, yeah, just talk about that experience. So you got to be with Alex Trebek, obviously, but how'd you get on Jeopardy? How'd you do? Just kind of talk about that story real fast. Okay, uh, I'll tell the story. I'll streamline it. Uh, you got to take an online test to get on, uh, or like you did. So this is 2013, I think. I think I took a test in like the early part of 2013 and immediately forgot about it. Um, I got a call in, I'm, I'm, I'm really mixing up my timelines here, but I got a call in and I, 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 for an in-person audition in Nashville, which is like six hours away from where I lived at the time. Um, in the in the fall of thirteen, or the the sorry, the spring of thirteen. So I go to Nashville. Uh, I, I do the audition. I, I stay in like some shitty Howard Johnson by the by the highway um, by myself. It's I can tell you exactly when it was because I bought the Vampire Weekend album, um, Vampires in the City, the next day. Uh, so whatever day that song came or that album came out, I bought it at Target on a CD. So that was the idea of the audition. Um, go to a hotel you do a fill in the blank like old school pen and pencil paper uh, and then you play a simulated game and so like they'll call three of you up there and you'll play a pretend game with the, the producers um and you're supposed to show that you like you're you're you, you have a little bit of personality right you know just like a robot up there um and so i made a joke that i thought may have been too far um i think it was like something about like the graduate and you know, are you trying to seduce me? And I said something about like, because I, I was like, oh, what is the graduate? And he was like, that's correct. Are you trying to seduce me, uh, Ryan? And I was like, if that gets me on the show. And I think people <laughs> like, so I wasn't sure how that went. So that was that was May of 13, I think. And, you know, they were like, yeah, you're, you're, you're in the pool for like a year and a half. Uh, so they can call you anytime before them or after, until then. Forgot about it. Uh, I, you know, I got other stuff going on. I can't. So I, I was with the women's basketball team we were in Lynchburg, Virginia, uh, at Liberty University. I, they, it was a practice before a game, like the, the practice the day before a game. We're going to shoot around um, in the gym, and my phone rings, and it's a California number. And I was like, I'm this, screw off. I'm, I'm not answering yeah. that. Um, and so, like I do what anybody else does, and I Google the number while it's ringing. Um, and I saw somebody mention the word Jeopardy, and I was like, holy shit. Check the voicemail. They're like, hey, do you want to come out to California? Uh, this is January of 14 and, uh, and beyond Jeopardy. And here's the thing, PL, like somebody like PLD, like they're big trivia and I, I love PLD. I, like they're big trivia guys. I'm not, I just like, there's a, there's a very important distinction between Jeopardy and other trivia stuff like bar trivia, uh, because a lot of Jeopardy is working backwards and eliminating and just, it's not like they're going to ask you, uh, super specific things, but It'll normally be like the big things about that category. Like you don't have to know everything about the category. You just have to know the high points and then work backwards. So um, like like I did Learn League and that's so difficult for me because I don't know a lot of stuff, but you, I don't know a lot about a lot, but I know 
a, a, about a, a little, little about a right, lot. Yeah. And that's enough for Jeopardy. Yeah, that, that's enough for Jeopardy. So um, anyway, sorry to get back to it. So I, you don't have a lot of time. I think, uh, cause I shot in February, I, it's maybe like three weeks or a month until I go out to LA. Um, my bosses let me do it. They were super nice. I actually filmed on national signing day, which is like the most important date for oh, yeah. my profession at the time. But anyway, uh, interesting thing. And all of this is relative to 2014. I don't know if things are different now, but you don't, they don't give you anything. Like you get a discounted rate at Sony, but like you got to pay your own way out there. Uh, so flew out, my brother, um, actually came with me. He, he met me in Nashville. And so we went out there together. Um, so anyway, Jeopardy, stay the night in the hotel. And then the next morning they're like, we will take you to the, to the studio where you shoot. And they take five shows in a day. So they take a whole week in a day. So, uh, anyway, I woke up like 6am. I'm ready to go. At the time, the Aloe Black song, The Man, was like really big because it was 2014. And so like I was listening to all this pump-up music. I was like ready to ready to go. Um, and we get down there and we get in the shuttle. And the driver starts playing like Sexual Healing by Marvin Gaye. And I'm like, it just destroyed any mojo I had. Any kind of juice was gone immediately. Um, so anyway, 6.30, we get there. Uh, we, we file out. We do our paperwork. We go over the show. At the time, Arthur Chu was like the big guy on Jeopardy. Also, this is going to be heresy. I don't watch Jeopardy. Like, I don't watch a lot of TV. Jeopardy makes me anxious because if I watch it and I crush it at home, I feel like I blew it on the show. If I suck at home, then I feel like I never belong there anyway. So there's no making me happy when it comes to watching Jeopardy. I can't do oh, okay. it. Anyway, Arthur Chu was on TV at the time, and he was cleaning up. And they kind of told us, like, don't do what he does. He played very a very unconventional style. And they kind of said, like, hey, don't do that. Because it, d- it doesn't play well for TV. So anyway, you don't know. Obviously, like, these episodes aren't going to air for months. So you don't know who just won the game that you're you know playing. So, right. uh, And I know that doesn't make a lot of sense when I say it. Anyway, the point of, all, of saying this is they bring in the champion. Because obviously, you're going you're gonna to play a returning champion or the first game. And they're like, hi, guys. This is Julia Collins. She's won 10 games in a row. She's the winningest woman to ever play Jeopardy, and she's a returning champion. And, like, you could feel the air just, like, leave the room. <laughs> it's like, well, <laughs> shit. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So, like, okay, I guess that's that's how this is going to go. So there's, like, tw- uh, I, I forget how many people there are in the room. Like, 15, I guess, if you need three for five. Whatever. But they draw you randomly. You don't know what game you're going to get. So, like... Hey, we're going to shoot the Monday game. I'll draw names out of a hat or whatever. They'll be like, all right, Bruce and Diana, you're up. You're going against Julie. So that's how it works. And so the rest of us just sit in the audience and watch. So I didn't go until Thursday. I didn't go until the fourth show of the day. And so we had a break for lunch. Julia had won the three games easy. So we I had lunch, you know, we had lunch with all the other contestants and it's, it's very nice. And so I get up there. My whole goal, because I've watched Julia run through everybody else, was to not come in last. You come in last, you get $1,000. You come in second, you get $2,000. You win, you get whatever you make. So I knew I wasn't going to be Julia. I knew that. Uh, but I figured if I could win $2,000, that would more or less cover my Southwest and the hotel. And like it would be even, it would even out. Even out, yeah. Close-ish. Uh, right, right. You know, kind of just pay for my trip. Um, and so I did come in second. Um, I, I, got, uh, I got my daily double, which felt really good. Uh, I did get. I got my daily double and I got Final Jeopardy. So 
I felt really good about that. Like I, I didn't go out there. I didn't embarrass myself. The stories that are interesting or, or funny are that, not that any of that was, was interesting. So Alex, you, you have a list of anecdotes that you bring in um, and then they winnow it down and they talk to you about it and they flesh it out backstage with the producers. And so that way uh, you're not going to get up there and, and just like throw up in your mouth. Yeah, right. And they're, they're going to they're gonna draw something out of you. It's not like you're making it up on the fly. So um, my thing was like, I worked at Presbyterian College and they are the blue hose. It's a very, uh, they're the only one. Um, and it's like Red Sox, right? Red Sox, yeah. White Sox, blue hose. Like it's the same, same sort of thing. Uh, but it's also from Scotland, like Braveheart, that's blue hose. Like the kilts, the blue face paint, all that. Uh, the only thing about Presbyterian College is like they went Division One in 2009 and they were the smallest Division One school. So obviously they're not like Stanford or Clemson. Um, and they've struggled, and at the, especially in 2014, they're, they're better now, but in 2014, they were still finding their footing. And so I do the spiel about Blue Hose and what that is, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, okay, well, that's what we talked about. I feel good about that. And he goes, what's the best team? And I'm like, Alex, you piece of shit. Not only, not only is there not a great answer for that, because like not a lot of their teams are very good, but also like I work for a lot of the teams. Yeah. So like you, you're making me pick one of my children right, right. Uh, on national television while everybody back home is watching this. And uh, I've like froze, like you could see it in my face. Like I'm like, I, I literally go like, like I just stare at the, like, the thing for a sec. Like, yeah. yeah. Um, and I go like tennis. Like I actually did like like um, tennis because they were the best team. And then I said, "But they're all good, good people go. at least." Safe face. Yeah. And I was like, "Good people at least." I was anyway. So, so that happens. Um, and then I come in second and whatever. And so you you know you stand next to him at the end of the show. Yeah. And I figure like the the woman who came in third, she I gave her an opportunity to talk because I was like I genuinely I just naturally like defer to people. Um, it's just how I am. And I figured Julia, she's had 13 times to talk to him. So she doesn't get to talk to him. But, you know, I came in second. I'm coming away with a thousand more dollars than, than this woman. So if she wants to talk to Alex, she can talk to Alex. So I kind of wait a beat and she doesn't. And uh, and I'm like, all right, well, well screw it. I'm going to talk to Alex then. Right. And my brother and I were planning to go see uh, the Jackets Kings the next night. We were going to stay another mm, day and we were going to see nice. the Jackets Kings. That was a good time. Uh, at the Staples Center. Yeah. Yeah, it was super good. And um, it was actually a great game. They lost in overtime, but it was so much fun. Like the Staples Center was so cool. Like it was very cool to see the Jackets there. I was like the only, me and him were like the only Jackets fan. <laughs> yeah. um, they actually threw us a puck because we were the only, like uh, Felino tossed me a puck, which is nice. Cool. nice. So I talked to him about hockey because he's Canadian. I figure, you know, we could talk about that. So right, I don't right. really remember, this is a bad story, but I don't rem- really remember what we talked about. Um, we talked about hockey and he was talking a little bit about, you know, some teams, but anyway, that was my Alex Trebek story. I got to talk to him. The other Alex Trebek story that is very funny and it's the best one from the, from the experience was, so they do have commercial breaks and they do have yeah. breaks in the, in the game. Uh, obviously they don't play like commercials, but they stop for a second and they have breaks in between games while they bring up new contestants and apply makeup and go over everything. They got to keep, you know, there's people there, everybody in attendance who can who can come do a, a taping of uh you know with basically like six hours of shows on a weekday are children and the elderly so they bus in like people from nursing homes and they bring kids on field trips and that's your audience 
um, because you only allowed you're only allowed to like have one or two people there uh, yourself. So anyway, the breaks they ask Alex questions, um, and so people ask him questions and he responds. That's that's how it goes, and it's a nice way to fill the time. Everybody gets some FaceTime, whatever. So early in the in the day, uh, one of the kids raises his hand and, and he goes, "Yeah, you." And he goes, can I have your autograph? And everybody's like, ha, ha, ha. And he's like, yeah, what's your name? And the kid goes, Diego. He goes, okay, Diego. Yeah, I'll, I'll sign something and, we'll, and we'll, we'll find you. And so, you know, people ask him like, well, your mustache. Or like, what, what's your house look like? And that kind of thing. Uh, and then so late, we play games. We have breaks. We go to lunch. Uh, later in the day, he's taking more questions. And a school kid raises his hand. And he goes, yes, you. And the kid goes, can I have your autograph? And he goes, is your name Diego? And he goes, no. And he goes, well, then no, I only do one per day. And everybody laughed, but he wasn't kidding. He was serious. <laughs> and so everybody laughs and he doesn't yeah. say anything. And then like, there's a, such this uneasy, like, yeah. oh. Like, oh. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> like, oh, this is awkward. Like, he just yeah. rejected this kid in front of everybody. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, and then like... And it's hard to fault him because, like, obviously he would just be signing stuff all day long. And, right, right. Um, somebody asked me, like, what's he like? And the whole vibe of Alex Trebek in 2014 was, like, over it. Mm-hmm. Like, this is his job, you know? This is yeah. not, like, he's not starstruck. He's not coming to L.A. for the first time. He shows up and he knocks us out and he's professionally right. goes home. So he doesn't have time for all. And so like, that was the the biggest thing for me was like, he's just such professional and just like over it. And I'm sure Mm -hmm. had I Mm -hmm. won 20 games in a row, had I been Ken Jennings and I would have a different relationship than just showing up for an afternoon, um, getting my ass kicked by one of the best players to ever play and then going home. (laughs) So also it does feel really good to lose to like a champ. Yeah. A champ. She was in the tournament champion. She was, you you know, um, and so, it feels good to know that, like, if I got beat, I got beat by the best. Like, I went up against, mm-hmm. you know, friggin' Larry Bird out there, and <laughs> I lost. That's fine. Right, I can right. go away, you know. So um, that that that's my little claim to fame on on the on the Jeopardy thing. So I got my two thousand uh, dollars, and and I had a nice time out in L.A. And it was the first and only time I've been out there, and it was it was, it was a great time. So um, I uh, the other, I guess I tell the story. Um, so Alex Trebek passed a couple weeks ago, right? And uh, yeah. I got a I got a message from one of my friends who works for a TV station in Columbus, and he was like, "Hey Ryan, we'd love to talk to you uh, about about Alex Trebek. You know, it's passing you on Jeopardy, um, but we're waiting for somebody else to to interview. And if they come through, then we won't need you." Um, and I, I mean, I was like, "Fine, you got me though." Um, <laughs> yeah, 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 sure. Like I was like, "Yeah, go ahead. I'm not going anywhere." Uh, yeah. um, the person they got was Richard Cordray, who was the first director of the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau. He won five games in the 80s. He was the lieutenant general for Ohio. He ran for governor of Ohio. Okay. He, uh, he was attorney general. Like, the guy has his own Wikipedia page. Yeah. He's extremely accomplished. He's five times undefeated They back when they wouldn't let you, like, win that many games. In oh, Ohio. right, right, yeah. Um, and I'm like... I was I was your next choice. Like this guy worked in the Obama administration, <laughs> and I was next. Like um, it was very funny. I was like, "Why? Why the hell did you even ask me?" And yeah. I was reading to my wife. I was telling the story, and 
um, before I like, because obviously the name Richard Corey like wouldn't ring a bell. So I like, because who knows who that is. So like I read the Wikipedia page first and she was like, why the F would they ask you, <laughs> Ben, if they could get him? I'm like, I'm saying, I yeah. know. So that was like a nice little, uh, I don't blame them. Like I am not, right, not yeah, mad about it. No. I genuinely think it's very funny. Um, and he obviously would have much more to say and be much more interesting than I would be. Um, but it was like, those are your choices. Those <laughs> like a five time undefeated champion who has worked in the white house versus like this dipshit who, uh, who, who came in second one time. <laughs> right. Right. So, well, uh, uh, not famous. That's 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 awesome though. I mean, I know you're on Jeopardy, but it's really cool that you had that experience. I mean, so when you were on the show, were you nervous? I mean, I know it's whatever they're they're filming, they're taping, you're doing these shows, they're the show. Uh, so like, is the trigger like how'd you how'd you I guess that's prepare, study the trigger button? Like, were you nervous? Yeah, all that stuff. <laughs> that's a good point. Um, so I, I love those I, stories. Though. Don't get me wrong; those that was fantastic stuff. That no, you just told I. Me. I, I I, I did, I tried to study, but I had a problem studying with like, I don't really know what to study. Right. So I kind of like, I would watch some games and then I had, I would take a picture uh, of the board with my iPad and then like, right. I would mark like what I got wrong. And I was like, oh, maybe I need to focus on this. Maybe I need to focus on it. The problem is like, it's so, it's such a wide variety of stuff yeah. that I didn't really know what. So I would feel like kind of, I would get like kind of this anxiety, like this crippling yeah. feeling where like, I don't know what to study. Right. Um, like so I, I kind of didn't too much. And you, you don't have, you only have like three weeks. My friend gave me a book of presidents, like a kid's book, like a yeah. book you would like buy at the book fair. Right. And I read that on the plane and that actually paid off because it was so basic that like I ended up, my daily double question was like the New York Times was founded in the 1840s to publish the views of this political party. And it was the Whigs. And the only reason I knew that is because I'd read that president's books and was like, oh yeah, the Whigs. I forgot about the Whigs. That was it. So that was helpful. But like, I, I, I remember seeing like the categories pop up for, the, for Double Jeopardy. And it was like British art and artists. I was like, all right, well, I'm screwed. Like television was in the first one. I had that. I answered a pun, bunch of television questions. But once we got to British art and artists, like I don't think I could name a British artist. So not great. But the thing they don't, they don't, you don't know is that like there are a line of lights on either side of the board right. uh, that, that you can see as a contestant. And so when Alex gets done reading the question, you can't buzz in until the lights come on. Mm -hmm. And so if you buzz in too early, you're locked out for a quarter mm -hmm. of a second. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's difficult to overstate how important buzzer timing is. Right. And like, so even when we weren't playing, like they would bring us up, like obviously I'm with the fourth game, but they would bring me up in the second game. They'd bring us all up just to get tries on the buzzer, just to get more familiar with it. But if you've won 13 games in a row, you have pretty good buzzer timing and you're pretty right. locked into how that thing works. Right. So it's very difficult to overstate how important it is to be good at the buzzer. Because uh, I mean, you're talking, uh, if you got everybody up there knows the answer, you're talking about, a, I mean, fractions of a second that gets you in first. So that's super, super important. Uh, I probably should have paid more attention and tried harder on like the practice sessions at the buzzer. I just did. It's just inexperienced to play. Um, I was nervous, but I definitely had confidence. Not confidence, Swagger. not at all. Uh, <laughs> no, none of those things. I I was lucky that I got to watch three other games play out first. Right, right. If I'd have gone first, 
it would have been a much different scenario. But I like saw, and by the time the fourth game came, I was like, all right, let's go. Like, just, I don't, I don't want to stay here anymore. Like, get me up there. So, and I mean, like it happens so fast, you're up there and you're just, you're, you're, you know, you're, you're locked in the game's moving. And the whole point is that they want you to keep the game moving. Don't say thank you. Don't say please just say the thing, get out, move on. Um, and the other interesting thing that they don't tell you is that final jeopardy you have, you know, they, he reads the thing and then that's over. Uh, but when you're making your wager, you have unlimited time. You can take literally as much time as you want when you're making your wager because that's so important. Hmm. And so when – like because you go to commercial, you write down how much you're, you want to wager. And that takes you – can, you can take – they do not – they really do not want to rush you for that. So that was interesting because I had no idea about that. Hmm. And so I, I wagered – it was an asshole move. I wagered enough that if, she, if the third place woman doubled her – you know, I wagered enough. I wasn't trying to catch Julia, but I wagered more so that if she tried to double, she couldn't catch me. I just right. wagered just enough That's to come in do. second. You yeah. got to do that. Because, I mean, yeah. I'm not taking it with me. I'm not taking it right. with me. But I didn't want to lose everything and come mm-hmm. in last. So right. um, I remember also a weird thing after was, like, reading the Jeopardy blogs, which I don't do. But, like, people get really into Jeopardy. And people were really mad at me that, like, I didn't go for a true daily double because like game theory says suggests like it's like kicking a kicking the extra point right like well the, the oh. book says you should do this um and i was like i'm not trying to win the game i'm just trying not to come at last so yeah you know, when you get up there you can do whatever you want but i remember people got like really like upset at me for that and it was also right. very like <laughs> i got so drunk during wheel of fortune because i did not want to watch myself on like i was so nervous about that and like people on twitter <laughs> It was very weird to me. Um, right. It was, it was surreal. So, because everybody watches Jeopardy too. My, like my Nana watches Jeopardy, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. I was going to say my grandma watches it every night and I'm right. sure they've seen your episode 10 times. I don't know. I don't, if I ever saw your episode, I didn't know you yet. I'm sure. I would love to see your episode um, because I think it'd be cool and I'm sure you were fantastic. I mean, as far as just confidence and you were probably nervous and sweating on the inside, but you probably came off as cool as you always do. I you hope. Know, I, I hope. Whatever I, you're, I you're don't, doing. Uh, so. You know, and it's crazy. Like at this point, it was like six years ago. Um, and a funny backstory is that like I had been dating I had gone on like one date with my now wife at the time. Mm-hmm. Like we mm-hmm. we went on a date like January 17th and I got the call from Jeopardy on like January 24th. And so I was like, hey, wow. I got called to be on Jeopardy. And she was like, I don't know if you're kidding or not. There you go. She's like, I, she's like, I don't know you well enough to know if you're joking. <laughs> and I was like, no, I'm, right, I really right. am going to be on Jeopardy. So um, I kind of blew that too early in the relationship. I should have saved that. <laughs> it would have been nicer if we were like farther along. But uh, well, I was going to say, dating, uh, like, convo, like, hey, I, we can talk about my Jeopardy <laughs> date or my Jeopardy show when I get back, you know? It's yeah. good date material. But, yeah, when you were talking to Alex or when you were just there on set, I mean, like, did you ever just feel intimidated or nervous, like, because he's on TV and you're right there with him? Or is it just like you're in person, you're just two um, different people, So you know? The my show. parents yeah. worked in TV uh, when we were kids, so... Like I was around TV stations and TV news anchors and like uh, always, always around. We were in the newsroom as kids because, my, uh, you know, eventually my parents got divorced when we, when we were young. And so my mom like always took us to the station. So it was like I wasn't like as wowed by like the set or anything. 
Um, and I, when I talked to Alex by that point, I was kind of relieved that it was over. Like I was done, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I remember grabbing, like getting my stuff and leaving and me and my brother going out into the sunshine after being inside the set all day and just being like so deliriously happy that like this was over. I didn't embarrass myself. And, and it was, and so, so like when I was talking to Alex, like the, the worst is behind me, like as, as much fun as it was, um, there's nothing more, you know, I'm just going to stand here and talk to him. And I mean like, yeah, he's famous, but he's right, like an old, yeah. old man, you know, like it wasn't, uh, yeah, I'm not talking to the rock or something. So, uh, it was, that was, and by that point I, like I said, I've been there all day. So some of the shine had worn off the apple. If I had done it at 9am, like it would have probably been a, a much different story. One thing that I, cause I'll, I'll tell this around this podcast. There was, there was a question and it was like, I forget the exact or the answer, whatever, Jeopardy parlance. It was like, women have thousands of these. And it was about biology. And it was like, women's have thousands of these over their lifetime. And the answer was eggs. And I knew that. But if it was something else, and I said eggs, and it wasn't eggs, I did not want to be colossally wrong about women's anatomy to the tune of like, women having thousands of eggs if they didn't really have thousands of eggs. Um, on national television. <laughs> and there was another one right. that I don't think I've ever told like super publicly, but I'll tell it now. I'll tell it. This is on your podcast. It was about like this piece of furniture helped actresses. This proverbial piece of furniture helped actresses get movie roles. And the answer is casting couch. I knew that if I said casting couch and I was wrong, I would never show my face again um, because I think a lot of people like associate that with like porn, right? So if I were wrong, mm-hmm. I could only imagine like what Twitter would have done. I would have just walked out into the desert and they were like, they would have been like, no, it's like <laughs> shoe shine box or something. I would have been a meme. And so for those two questions, I specifically didn't answer, even though I knew the right answer because I didn't want to be that wrong on national television. So didn't make it didn't make uh, a difference in the in the end game, but when you're talking about like being yeah, nervous yeah. or being scared, like I definitely there were times where I was like, I'm gonna she can have that one because I'm not I'm not gonna be wrong, I'm not gonna be those people that you see like Danky Kang or Sanic the Hedgehog or whatever those people you see on Twitter. I don't want to be that person. So that was that was also a secondary goal for me. Win, but don't embarrass yourself if you don't win. And so, mission accomplished. Check the box. <laughs> yeah, exactly. The final Jeopardy. Yeah, we actually all won the final Jeopardy. And it was, I think it was like, I forget the technology, I think it was the category. And it was like Apple, Samsung sued Apple. Hang on. Samsung cited this 1960 whatever movie in its infringement lawsuit against Apple for pinch to zoom technology. And so, that's a classic Jeopardy thing. You're like, oh no, I don't know what lawsuit that is. It doesn't matter. The only thing is like technology, 1960 movie. That's all they care about. So like how many movies in the 60s were there about technology that are super famous enough to be a Final Jeopardy answer? There's like a couple and you just have to know. So like that's what that's what like there's so much of Jeopardy is separating the wheat from the shaft and the, and the answer. So yeah. it was 2001, A Space Odyssey. And my, yeah, and my brother oh, okay. was, is a huge 
Stanley Kubrick, my brother went to film school. He works in, in video production um, and he loves Kubrick. Like that's his favorite movie director. So he was sitting in the, in the audience. And when he saw me, he was like, dude, if you didn't get that, I was going to kill you. So that was, we all, we all ended up getting that one. And so it was nice to, you know, stretch goal. When, when, when the game was my goal, don't embarrass myself with my second goal. And the stretch goal was like to, when the camera's specifically on me for double jeopardy and final jeopardy to get those right. So again, I don't really think like, there are so many people who are better at trivia than me. I did, I did quiz bowl in high school. We called it quick recall. I was not even on the starting team. I was the guy who could answer the sports and pop culture questions, not like math or lit or anything like that. And so I do feel, I mean, I feel imposter syndrome about everything in my life. And I definitely feel it on Jeopardy. Um, I went, uh, I'm in like a Facebook group with Jeopardy contestants and we go to lunch or we used to sometimes like with people around the area who've been on Jeopardy. And these people are so much like so accomplished and like they're lawyers or they're like, high, you know, these high powered positions or they do these great things or these wonderful educators. And I'm like, how the, how, I still don't know how I got on the show. So um, yeah, that was my Jeopardy experience. That, that was, that was, it was, it's a very neat thing. And it's also like, kind of like I touched on like a thing that's more or less universal. Like everybody knows what Jeopardy is. If I were like on road rules or something, like my Nana would know what that is but like you know everybody's nana knows what jeopardy is so that's a neat little you know that's a neat little thing too yeah did you know your uh your double jeopardy what you were going to wager going into this show you may have already said this but did you already know you were going to wager for the double jeopardy or did you go all in no because i was i was scared of at that point i was scared of right 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 of and i'm not a good math person so i think i just picked like a round number that i knew would not cripple me Mm -hmm. to lose um but would would I'm not I'm not catching Julia like I'm not gonna give her run for money, um, and so that that's what I the another story that I just thought of that that you would find very funny is I'm sitting in the I'm sitting in the audience I'm watching the other games play out there was a there was a uh, one game and it was the category was Heisman alma maters and so like you would be like you know Tim Tebow and you would say what is the University of Florida. Um, it was three people up there who did not know sports. They saved that category for last. They avoided it because they didn't know. So they didn't actually get through the whole category. Yeah. And I remember like Johnny Manziel was one of them and they were like University of Alabama. And it was like, eh. and I remember the third <laughs> yeah. one was Vinny Testaverde. And, and there was a guy who, um, who, cause you kind of get to know the other contestants after you sit there for a while. And he looks at me and he taps me on the shoulder. He's like, I bet this is killing you right now. And I'm just like rocking back and forth. Like, why couldn't this have been me? <laughs> you know, like, yeah, just soul torturing. But yeah. Yeah. Like you and I would have crushed it. Yeah, right? so, I know. Uh, so. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. The one, the few, the few categories. I know whenever the sports stuff comes on, I'm like, I, blah, blah, yeah. blah. Yep. I know. I know. I know all the, I, I laugh at the ones when they were like, yeah, what team did Beirut play for? Um, uh, Chicago yeah. Bear, you know, like just some asinine answer. I'm like, oh my god. Yeah, it's really? such a blind spot for a lot of people, and and so uh, I just I don't know why I got television. Like I got I answered a question about just Desperate Housewives and Jay and Lynch, and so I could do that. What the facts of facts of life? That was something I got. So because I used to watch a lot of TV as a kid, and so it was very funny that like yeah. I answered a, t- a question about classic television on Jeopardy, and so I was able to like say watching TV actually did pay off because, you know, like it actually helped me as, as an adult, this one specific time, uh, spending all that time. So 
That's pretty funny. And then you probably had to wait, you know, after the show was after you were done, you had to you couldn't tell people that I won. Yeah, lost. yeah, you're not anything, really supposed right? to say that. Um, it's like a month and a half later. Than yeah, they showed it in May. They showed it May 22nd. So I was, yeah. it was like three months. Yeah, about four three months. months, three and a half. Yeah, closer to four. Yeah. And so, um, you're not supposed to say. I mean, I told like, you know, I told people like, don't, because at the same time, like, I don't want, right, I don't right. want people to get their hopes up. The funny thing is like you're supposed to bring a lot of clothes in case you win, and I didn't. I right, yeah. I, was just I thinking, didn't really yeah. have another set of clothes. <laughs> I was like super poor at the time. Yeah. I was like wearing a blazer that didn't fit that I just bought. Uh, I didn't really have another like nice shirt in case I won. So I don't know what would have happened had I won, but yeah. So I kind of had to 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 wait around. <laughs> yeah, I just would have like worn like a undershirt. I don't really know what. I, so yeah, you got to wait for three months and uh, and just think about it. And so everybody, you know, all my, all my friends had a huge house party. Um, we all, we all watched it together. Um, so that was nice, but I had to go to Illinois the next day. Uh, it was our, it was my yeah. girlfriend and I, now wife, it was our first trip like to Illinois where she's from. And it was like, you know, we've been dating for like four months. So still really new in the relationship. And, uh, and I, like I mentioned before, I got so drunk cause I couldn't, I did not want to watch myself. I mean, I, I did, but I didn't, you know, um, because every yeah, yeah. stupid thing I did up there or like whatever I thought, like, you know, millions of people are watching this. So um, anyway, that was a really rough road trip because we had to get up super early and drive. <laughs> um, she drove for most of it because I was knocked out. But <laughs> yeah. yeah. And so they don't, you have to pay $100 to get your DVD of the show. Uh, I didn't do that. Oh, wow. uh, so I found like a torrent of my show. So I have like a Google drive, <laughs> like I have an MP4 and Google drive and it's the person who recorded it was having nice. storms. So there's like a giant, uh, storm graphic in the corner of like, like a crawl of like tornado watch and like these counties. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. save me a hundred dollars. I love that. You're just like, yeah, I'm not going to buy the damn DVD. I'm just going to torrent my own DVD, whatever, whatever. I deal with the storm. Yeah. The I mean, whatever. Yeah. Maybe one day, maybe yeah. one day, but not, not anytime soon. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say you probably DVR it on TV one day. It's probably on tomorrow or something. I'm, and that's the thing; I don't watch Jeopardy. I'll never know. Yeah, right. I know. I'm, I'm the look for it. Well, so appreciate you coming on. This was really fun. Really great talking with you, catching up, talking hockey, Jeopardy. So definitely, thanks again for uh, for popping on. Yeah, thanks for having me. Enjoyed it. The theme music for this podcast is courtesy of my guy, John Christian. He has a band called Let It Sleep. It's on Spotify. You can catch this podcast anywhere you get your podcasts. Go ahead, rate it five stars, leave a review. Three, two, one, zero, zero, and liftoff.